Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is man like Doreen. Hi, this is Tom Thelma. This is Veggie. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the nightmare fuel Hassan Malone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, O'Dockery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Carl Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken but Glorious. Broken but Glorious. To Broken but Glorious podcast. Because like me, you are head to toe a pro. Hello and welcome to Broken But Glorious on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined online by the high-flying Finnish luchador, Eccentrico. How are you doing this evening? Good afternoon. great to be here and I'm so happy you asked me to do this podcast. I've been listening to this past few days prepping and I've been loving the show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I saw you. Yeah, I've wanted, to, I've, yeah, I've wanted to do you on for a while. I just Yeah, since I saw you, what, probably, I don't know, early 2015... Early 16, maybe I can't remember when it was. Uh, I remember yeah. I seen a picture of you posted on Twitter about you know in the Wallasey Town Hall with your kids. Yes. Because I recall in that one I had I still had the like I had a slow, like few years period when I had the more open mask when I grew up my beard a yep. little bit. Mm-hmm. I I want to say that was in like late 2016, judging by the length of my facial hair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was an EPW match at the town hall. So yeah, I'm sure you wrestled three ma- three matches on that show as well. <laughs> that is, to be fair, these days if I wrestle twice, I consider it a night night off. Well, not these days, but you know, in the normal days in early 2020s, and you know, mm. before all this uh, thing happened. So any anything less than two matches was a night, a night off for me. Yeah, yeah. She had a one on one match with. The Red Warrior Billy Moshpit. Yeah. And then you made the save on. Because my son calls him Davy Starry Pants, because that's what he was wearing. It was Dave Blaine, I think his name is, isn't Dave Blaine? Oh, I. I, I remember we, we discussed this a little bit before we yeah. started. I don't think it was Dave Davy Blaine. I think it was Andy Starr, the rock star. Like, he was one of the uh, new guys from EPW at the time. Oh, uh, maybe, yeah. Because when you say stars, like, I know, because Davy, Davy Blaine. He wears my old tights, and I never, I've never had t- stars in my tights. Uh, so. Ah, maybe there was. But I remember uh, Andy having those nice little tights with the rock stars in it. Well, uh, it, might, it, might, it might have been that, yeah. He was getting beaten down by Tokyo Joe and his masked assailants. I can't remember his name. And then, yeah, you made the save. It got made into a tag match, and then you had a rumble at the end as well. So. Pretty basic so. stuff, you know. Yeah. But it's a shame, like, I haven't been in the Wallasey Town Hall in quite a while now. It's it's one of those weird venues, because I, I don't know anything about architecture, because I like the old buildings, it looks cool, yes, like, I like to wander around the halls, there's, like, mm. painting of, I don't know, some guy in a fancy week, or maybe that's the Queen, but when but, but when you go actually behind the stage, the backstage area is just absolutely horrible, it's, like, just yes. everywhere, and just <laughs> hardly any to- working toilets, but... The actual venue is just, I love it. It's one of those great big halls and the sound, you know, when the uh, EPW always used to fill it up. And when, you know, Mm. those buildings, when you get the crowd going, like the, just the acoustic just amplifies it. It makes like the 200 people sound like 500 people. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you say you haven't been there for a while. I haven't been there for a while, even though that's where I work, um, because of COVID. They've kind of shut shut the building down, and we all have to go to the next town over to work now. So it's it's annoying. (laughs) Well, fingers crossed for June, you know. Hopefully. I'm sure I'm going to listen to this podcast in June 22nd, and I'm going to (laughs) do it. 
you have to go and jinx it. You have to go and just ruin it all for everybody. So on June 22nd, <laughs> if, if the country's not open, get on me on Twitter, say it was all my fault, and I'll take the blame. <laughs> if we go back to that night, you did, you had every kid in the crowd in like the palm of your hand. My son and his friends were so excited to meet you afterwards. So that is, does it, does, does it come naturally for you? Just, just just like the kids just love you as soon as you come out? So. When you say kids love me, you know... <laughs> now, it, it's, it is uh, it is an interesting contrast for me is especially as a mass wrestler when I think mm. about like outside I'm I'm quite like a shy person I'm not like I've never like I've never been like grown up with uh, with kids I feel like you know you put me in like with my friend's kid in the same room like oh could you look after him for two minutes while I like nip in the toilet and I'm it's like so it gets really awkward like so uh, you read any good books lately or yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to but then when I sort of become eccentric, or get the like I become like the same kid I used to be. Cause yeah. When I when I was watch, starting to watch wrestling, I always loved the like the masked wrestlers and it's just the comic book superheroes and it's just the like the what what some people in the business call the flash of just the colorful outfits and you know the yes just the everything is just a big production and that and the kids get really into it and it's like oh my god this guy is just so cool so that is really like rewarding to me is just. People sometimes like scoff at, you know, working for kids. Like, oh, I'd rather be have a this paper call me, you know, the best wrestler. Like, I have the best wrist lock reversals out in the business. But for me, you know, that kind of recognition it would be great. Uh, but for me, the raw emotion that kids give you and like mm-hmm. just the support, that's just like that's one of the main reasons like why I I love wrestling so much. It's just because it like they when they can't see my face under the mask, they might picture them as you know, me being yeah. in the hero and saving the day. But I also put myself in their tiny little shoes and think about my, like, like I always say, like, reaction creates reaction. So when I was a kid, if I, if I could have, like, just met my favorite wrestlers or if I could just see, like, these superheroes real life, that would have been just an amazing experience for me. And even though I might not be, you know, the most technical wrestler in the show or I might not have a seven-star match, but if the kids come up to me and say, like, oh, you were my favorite. That was that is just a massive compliment for me. Yeah, even even now he's he's 15 now, but he still has your photo on his wall, and he still remembers you from that show. And he, I, I, I will probably struggle someday with anybody else on that show. And I that that is a huge compliment to me, and I really really appreciate like even you telling me that. When I'm not just saying this, you know, to sound like a good guy on on a, on a podcast. Mm. It's really like when I, I know I like I have the benefit of being a little bit more memorable in, in a sense that like. Obviously, on that show, there were quite a few masked characters, but with just with the big cape and everything, the whole presentation, at least for my, when I was, you know, watching wrestling, the, the masked guys would always, like, stick out to me, and they was like, oh, I'll remember that guy. And then to meet them afterwards, and there's, like, it's, it's one of those weird things as well, you know, with the meet and greets. Like, we're, at that point, I'd wrestled three matches. That I had, like, over an hour's drive to get, to get home, and it was, like, 10 o'clock at yeah. night, and I, I hadn't you know, eating in a while because I don't want to lose my stomach in the ring. So I'm tired. But then just the energy of the kids, because it's such a huge deal for them. It takes two minutes out of my day. Not even that, but it's just a huge Mm -hmm. deal for them. And they really appreciate it. And it's just, that makes a huge difference. It's, it's kind of weird. Like you can put the words like when, when, you know, when the, when a grown up comes in and he, you know, he's a more aware of the situation and he sees, you know, and he's like, oh, you know, that, that was a good match. Thank you. And I appreciate, you know, you, you had the uh, 
I like the move, moves that you did. Excuse me. <clears throat> the uh, I like the moves that, that you did, but with the kids, it's just the raw emotion, and they truly appreciate. To you, it's like meeting Donald Duck to them. It's just it's a humbling experience, really, and that's one of the better parts of wrestling. Like even though I might be having a bad day, but just having that positive reinforcement from them, it's a two-way street. Like I give them nice childhood memories, which hopefully will maybe in, in the future lead to them becoming wrestlers or having the inspirational power to help others and then they give me the motivational boost to like it makes it worth it to drive drive and just be in the crammed in car and taking all those bumps and everything yeah definitely um yeah my, my youngest i showed I, I mentioned it before i i showed him a photo of you <laughs> he went i want immediately he went i want that figure and i was like what <laughs> and i like i told you that that is absolutely amazing compliment to me is just mm. Having that sort, even the, like, well, that's what I try to do with like my, my outfit and everything as well. In addition to like mask being a part of like big mix, like wrestling history, and they are a big part of the business. But also just that you know, cross I don't know, cross genre uh, Passover, like somebody who's never even seen me as a wrestler or even doesn't even know what a wrestling is, he might look at that, oh, that's cool. And then if you like starts looking into it and read reads my story, I, I hope I can make a positive like. A positive uh, imprint on them in that sense that you know this guy who's a master this is a real guy and it's oh my god this is a, like hopefully a real life superhero like i'm not saving anybody from a burning building because you know, no. like, it's on a fire but it's just the inspiration that i hope to hope be able to give one day yeah the meet and greets was my five-year-old's favorite part of any wrestling show he's he, sometimes he'll, he'll sit and watch some of the matches but most of the time he's just wandering around and sometimes dancing and stuff but yeah, we'll he absolutely loves the meet and greets and meeting all the wrestlers is his favorite show getting getting this poster signed and yeah getting the photos of all the wrestlers it was like, oh. it's so crazy like something as small as them is just like a huge deal for them and like for someone like for instance uh you might have seen him on epw as well a good friend of mine caden lay just because like he's a big hulking person and when the kids mm-hmm. come in and growls at them like he's 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 still still the same angry guy he was like when he, when he was in the ring even though it terrifies the kids but it's it's still a great experience for them and it's like oh my god he actually is that guy and he's like oh my god yes. scary. And <laughs> like even just getting like this little spooks out of them it's it sticks with them and what i always think about like my myself growing up as a wrestling fan or myself as a person it's not like what you do you remember it's the emotions you felt that night so yeah definitely. Hopefully, hopefully you know in i don't know in 15 years time when you're sitting in a coffee shop with your kid and say, like, oh, do you remember that time we saw those colorful guys and I was scared of that guy and then that guy did something that he was one of the, like my, it, it'll, it'll be a, a really nice positive memory from their childhood, hopefully. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, even at All-Star, I think, like, so the first, I think the first time we went to All-Star was 2000, well, must have been early 15. So my, my 15-year-olds now met like Dean Mark, Zach Gibson, James Mason, Cybrookside, Gangrel, um, Nathan Cruz, CJ Banks, uh, Joel Redman, <laughs> Adam Maxter, T- Tyson T. Byrne, Gabriel Kidd. Like, well, just all these amazing wrestlers. <laughs> just like... Yeah, like when you, you will, just, that is a great list that you just listed there. And like, yeah, you, 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 uh... imagine like somebody from like who's, like follows the business and is sort of like, in, mm. and then you just feel like, hang on, you met all these guys, but I didn't read about it on, online. It's like, they're yeah. going to be, and you show the pictures like, oh yeah, my, my kid, kid had a picture with Gangrel with the fangs out. And it's just like, oh, I'm jealous. Like, why, why didn't I know about this? So 
I mean, that's yeah, that, yeah, that, f- that first show, I think we only knew Gangrel was going to be the. Was that in? Did you say 2015? Was that in Liverpool Empire Theatre or? No, it was a New Brighton. Oh, New Brighton. Floral Pavilion. Yeah, that that's one of like that is a crazy venue for, as well. Like we we love it because obviously it's one of like on the All Star. That's kind of like the home 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 show for them. But like yes. Dean lives like just around the corner there. He's so ridiculously popular over there. But it's one of those like because All Star Wrestling does a lot of these theater shows where the ring is actually on a stage, which for yes. somebody who like it's, it's crazy. <laughs> you try to explain it to some people and like only seen like arena wrestling, so they might be like, "Hang on, how does that work?" But in Flora Pavilion is one of those great places because it sits like about 800 people and it's usually quite yeah. high. But the Brian Dixon, the promoter, he's a real genius in the production <clears throat> as well. That you come like the wrestlers, you think like, "Oh, it's a stage show." The wrestlers come from the side of the stage. No, Brian wants all the talent to come through the doors on the side, and there's always a spotlight. And then, yes, like in the first match, it's always like a surprise. And then towards the end, like all the kids are going to be learning, and like Brian again is very smart in business, and like the show always builds up. Like you, you have like certain type of like first match might be Tony Spitfire versus Ringo Ryan, and then the mm-hmm. next next match you'll have Big Jim Die, Die Hard versus me, and like every everybody, it's always like. The, the the spectacle always keeps building and building and building. And this is by no means taking anything away from Spitfire Ring around when I said they're on the opening yeah. match. But the kids are going to be learning that, oh, everybody's going to come through the door. And then as you open the door and walk in, there's like a swarm of all the kids because they, they want to be be there to meet the wrestlers first. And then you kinda, yes. you almost have to like fight your way through just to get to the spotlight so the people can see, hey, I'm here. Like, hello, I'm here. And then you just have to wave through the, the crowd and it's just, that is just another thing, like uh, a crazy thing for me as well. Like it, you don't see that anymore. Like it reminds me of when I was, you know, growing up. You see all these Japanese tapes of guy, like Mil Mascaras running through the crowd and people swarming in on them. And yeah, that definitely is crazy. That still, that still happens. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant to see. And, yeah, by the end of the show, it's like Dean takes like ten minutes to get to the rings. He just, he goes up and down every step, <laughs> high fiving everybody, and he's just got to. Ton of kids just following him around with yeah, his video. Yeah. Like climb on the handrest or whatever, just to get like just to be able to like walk walk around him. And it's, yeah. it's like I, I used to have like masks that had the eyes covered, but these days, well, this is one of the reasons why I had to get my eyes open because walking around in those dark buildings with all these people around, you have to be careful so you don't accident, accidentally kick kick an old lady or mm. elbow a kid in the face. And then there's stairs everywhere and you, you can't see it and there's music going and lights going like it's a spectacle. And, and the last thing you want to do is actually stumble. Down the stairs and just completely kill the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> this is Too Cruel, Tyson Taylor, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Yeah. So, so you did mention you enjoyed mass wrestlers growing up. So, who were some of your favourite wrestlers? Well, growing up, I'll have to say the obvious one being Rey Mysterio, because mm. I think it was in 2002 I first saw wrestling on TV. And I still remember oh, wow. vividly. Yeah. He was the guy who, like, he jumped off a cage. He was like wearing a red outfit, and that at that point I knew, okay, I don't care what happens in my life, I'm going to be a part of this one. Yeah, wow. So obviously, he was a huge influence growing up because Finland, growing up in Finland, watching wrestling, that's very different from, like, for instance, England or America when with, with, you've talked with your guests. The wrestling wasn't on TV until like 2002, so that was like the first dip I had him, and I was in my early teens at the at the moment so i didn't have that like crazy childhood memory of watching 
being five years old and watching the Ultimate Warrior run down for me, it was yeah. just a gritty era, and I was hooked instantly. But wrestling was only it was only like a fifteen minute uh, recording, like a, let's say about about four weeks behind schedule. It was like a highlight show of the SmackDown. Oh, wow, yeah. So I would and it would be always on like two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night. So I had to like tape it on on a VHS and watch it the next morning. So I was just hooked. I had to get like all of like as much wrestling as I could. And then I don't know if you guys in England know the channel. I'm sure you've heard of it uh, called Eurosport. Yes. So in Eurosport, they actually, I want to say somewhere right 2008-ish or somewhere around that area, they started actually showing New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, oh, I think uh, I remember and, that, yeah. And that, well, like, that was my first trip in there. And I saw guys like Tiger Mask and Justin Thunder Liger and, and it opened up a whole new world for me. It's like, oh, like, this is just, so there's more than just WWE. And, and I just started searching. And it was, like I said earlier, it's it just always about the masked wrestlers for me. So there was Tiger Mask. There was Jushin Liger. At the time, I don't recall there being a massive Black Tiger thing, but to me, that's one of the coolest things in wrestling is just always having the, the foreigners come in and the, the guys who have been Black Tiger has always yeah. been really cool. And then, because that showed me that there's like, oh, there's Japanese wrestling. So around that time, YouTube started to be a thing. So we're that old that we're discussing YouTube not being always around. Yeah, but, <laughs> So YouTube was, I started googling like and searching japanese wrestler i uh i'll i'll get into uh hayabusa as well who influenced my very first outfit if anybody ever digs through the photos and compares those you'll see quite a bit of oh, resemblance wow. there. yeah and then it just started to like i like googling list of like oh like must see Jap- like masked wrestlers so i would as soon as i found like a masked wrestler i would just binge on them i got into mexican wrestling with like mystico and dr Vargas jr even older stuff with like Dos Caras and Mil Mascaras and just, it was always about this, like the masters. I, I appreciated like the other wrestlers as well. Like in early 2002s when I was watching, there was like the SmackDown 6 of Mysterio, Guerrero, uh, Chavo Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero, uh, Ed Benoit and Kurt Angle who were like excellent in the ring. Mm-hmm. But part of me was always like, oh, these guys are amazing. But if they had a mask, they would be a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> like people like oh, I'm sure like the older wrestler fans will always say like, oh I remember Hulk Hogan I think Hulk Hogan was best when he was Mr. America because he had a mask on it was just for me it was always about anybody with a mask I, and I would just try to find as much wrestling as I could just to anybody with a mask it, it it even got to a stage where I was kind of like binge watching when MTV was starting to go from music to like shows they actually yes. had they had show called Wrestling Society X, which... Yeah, that didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, there's a very good reason for that. If anybody else out there just haven't heard of Wrestling Society X, don't watch it, unless you really Wasn't like... The, the first episode, I remember being all right, but then it went just trash after that. <laughs> well, as I a remember. kid, it was like, oh my God, these guys got exploding coffins, and yeah. and it was just like... but Because they had masked wrestlers, that's why I went... Like, they had uh, a guy whose name was White Guy in a Mask, and they had Matt Classic on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I gotta watch this because they got mass wrestlers on. But it's just, oh my god, that show was just that was an interesting show. <laughs> but yeah, go, like growing up, it's always been like the, the mass wrestlers and a lot. Like when when I found out that like Eddie Guerrero used to be Black Tiger too, 
that was like oh my because I I loved him as a wrestler as, as like him and Rey Mysterio were probably my favorites growing up. But mm-hmm. when I found out like he had he used to would be a mask wrestler, that was like oh my god, that's so cool as well. Yeah. So anybody with a mask, I would like I would be interested. <laughs> so what actually prompted you to do the tights yourself and get into the ring? And how did was was there much training schools in Finland at the time? I'm not sure. Well, when like I briefly mentioned, like as soon as I saw like that moment of Premier Stadium jumping off a cage, I knew like I don't care what happens in my life, I'm gonna be like arrested. This is like I was like twelve uh, around twelve years old, and I don't want anybody doing the maths like how old a twelve year old was in two thousand two. I will come to your home, <laughs> I will come to your home and drop it you in the face from a two meter distance. But like around that time, I was like twelve-ish, teenage, early teens. I, that's when I knew, like, I don't care what happens in my life. And then everything just went into in my in my like wrestling had like three weeks. It was cool in school. I was like, oh yeah, that's the American stuff. That's the SmackDown thing. So, but then they were like, oh, I know it's not that great. But I was always hooked, and I was like, I wanted to be. I I I I gotta do this. I, like I didn't have any friends in the in school or at the time who liked wrestling, and if if they knew about wrestling, they thought it was kind of dumb because you know that's just like oh, that's just that's silly. Yeah, American it's stuff. same. I had no, no friends who liked wrestling, so, so I stopped watching so, for a couple of years. So. I didn't really know, but like what was going, on. I didn't. I had no idea that there would be a Finnish wrestling promotion. But when I was around 2007ish, I was like, I remember I I started going like wrestling message boards just to like like read the recaps of like shows because obviously I, I still only got the 15 minute episode so just I wanted because mm. I wanted that much more wrestling and I accidentally stumbled upon I was like hang on a finish there's Finnish wrestling fans and there was like me- mentions of promotions called uh, Pro Wrestling Valhalla and sorry Valhalla Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Finlandia which were the old companies but they were defunct and I was like oh man they used to be Finnish wrestling but it's defunct now so I, I even as a stupid kid I was like looking at schools in america even though i had that, that would have been never been a, <laughs> oh wow I, I was that desperate but then because then i actually on the same forum i found a company called fight cup finland that i originally thought fight cup finland would be like an mma gym or something like that because it didn't have wrestling in the name no. so, so I, I had in my back of my head that okay the finnish wrestling scene is unfortunately dead and buried but then for whatever reason i actually started looking into fight cup finland and it blew my mind like they've got uh Finnish wrestling and they got tryouts coming in so it was I want to say in 2008 November I think it was a week before or after my 18th birthday so and I I would just send them an email and I would like be like I was actually worried because I'm I'm six foot one six foot six foot one depending on you know who's measuring and at the time maybe 180 pounds of you know 70 I, I wasn't very beefy at the moment but I was worried because I'd mostly grown up on like having this idea like wrestlers being big. So I'd message the promoter like, I'm, o- I'm only six foot tall. Am, am I going to be all right? Can I, can I wrestle? And he's like, yeah, yeah, just, just come to the, come to the tryouts. It's going to be fine. And it was actually in a Finnish town called Järvenpää, which if anybody, anybody who knows about Finnish uh, geography is not pro- probably not going to be listening to this podcast because there's like three of them. But <laughs> uh, it, it took me an hour to get there. I had to take two trains and I, I got there in like it was a cold uh, November morning. All I knew was okay, there's going to be a car with like a window in the wall, and and I just uh, as a young, fairly adult ma- man, I would get into like the train station and find out this strange car with a with a uh, poster on the window, and it's like, is this the tri- wrestling chart? Yep, let's get in the car. 
And we, me and uh, two other guys hopped in the car. It was about a 15-minute drive from the train station. We got to the tryouts. Yeah. And it was the most grueling two days I've experienced at the moment. I remember I was living with my mother, mother at the time. And uh, when I came back for the first day, I had a huge rope rash, which is like the bruising from running the ropes because your body's not yes. used to it. Yeah. And she was appalled. Like, what are they doing to you? What are they like? What kind of abuse are you taking? So, but like, I'm, like luckily, like it was hard and it, it was tough. And I knew it was going to be tough, but I was determined that I would do it. So, out of that tryout, I was the only one who actually like stayed in training. Oh wow! And yeah. Then, like, actually, I, I tell a lie in, in a sense. It was actually 2007 when I when I had the tryout because I started training in January 2008. So, so yeah. Uh, after the on the on the Sunday on the second day of the trial, they said like, okay, if you if you wanna continue training, you know, we're gonna start after Christmas, we're gonna start after New Year's, and I never looked back since. And did you always know you wanted to be a masked wrestler? Or? Uh, yes, that was yeah. like I, I, I I've never been over the years. I've learned to draw like gear designs. I design my own gear. But yeah. As a, even as a kid, like. If I like, you know, when you would do doodle in your notebooks in school and not paying attention to the lessons, I would draw masked wrestling outfits and I would just design different different things. So I always wanted to have a mask and I had to beg for it. I had to just make up any excuse in, in the book just to like <laughs> let the because I mean I get where he, the promoter was going coming at the time in Finland. It's just in the Finnish scene or the Finnish culture, the mask might be a little bit tricky to like make get people to understand that there's not like a real wrestling tradition in Finland so the people probably no. would understand how important it is and why I, I wouldn't want to show my face so I had to beg and plead for it just like please let me have it and eventually it's like okay get yourself a mask we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna let you have a few ma- matches in it if it works you know it'll we'll, we'll let you have it if not you know it's gonna, gonna get rid of your mask and you're just gonna be John Smith and all this and I was that that to me that was already a victory. I was like, okay, I gotta get this done. I gotta 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 do everything right. So even from the first day, I was putting a lot of effort into my gear in, in a sense that it's. I always feel like people overlook the importance of gear. And there's people if there's something they are lackadaisical on or lazy on, that's a bit too harsh to say. But like they don't put as much effort into their gear as they do in, in like training or yeah learning moves or everything. So even from the, like, it's one of the, my pet peeves in wrestling when I see a masked wrestler and he wrestles with somebody else's mask. So even from my first day on, on just because I'd studied so many like masks, all the designs and everything, I had decided that like, I will not be wearing anybody else's mask. And I'm that's kind of like a proud thing for me that it, like as a rest, somebody who's been in the business for over 10 years, I've never wrestled in somebody else's mask. I've never worn leather pants and I don't have tribal tattoos. Yeah, <laughs> I unfortunately do have tribal tattoos. I was of, of an age in the early two, late nineties, early two thousands when they were in fashion. So, <laughs> so. to be fair, because I knew as, as a kid I wanted tattoos, and yeah. when I was younger I wanted tribal tattoos. I thought they were they, they were really cool, but luckily I waited out until a few years before I like grew up and just thought like, okay, this is gonna be on me for the rest of my life. So mm-hmm. let's, let's have a proper design. <laughs> yeah. I might, yeah. I've got, I yeah, I've, 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 only got, I've only got two tribal tattoos, and then I've got uh, as a person, like a tribute, to, tribute to my son, and then I've got a scorpion on my legs. But yeah, <laughs> with, with people like with tribal tattoos, it's fun. Like, cause I'm, I'm 
very tattooed person. I, I love tattooers. So when I'm like in the gym, even though like I, I've got the universal sign of don't disturb me of hood on and earphones in, like just mm. please let, let me do my reps. But the guys tend to come, oh yeah, you got nice looking tattoos. I've got this and uh, I, I paid 30 pounds for this and it's my own design. It's like really badly made tribal. For some reason, if somebody has a tribal tattoo and they see my artwork, they have to try to justify to me that they have a tribal <laughs> tattoo. And yeah. I have to it's your body. I'm not judging. You do you, bro. <laughs> the one on my arm, my ex-girlfriend picked. And, like, looking at it now, it kind of looks like her initials. <laughs> so I'm like... That's probably why she picked it. <laughs> yeah. That's always, you know, a good sign. That's you know, a sign of a good story. Oh, yeah, mm. this tattoo with my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Even though you'll, you'll, always, you'll always have that one to rem- remind you of her. Yeah. Which is not... yeah. <laughs> Where did the moniker Eccentrico come from? Well, because I wanted to have a basically a Mexican gimmick because of the uh, of masks. So yeah. I I was thinking like, okay, I want to have a Mexican sounding name. That that was kind of like what we we were discussing with the promo promoter at the time. So like, okay, if you were gonna do this, you you're gonna have to. I was I was a skinny white kid, and so okay, you're gonna be Mexican. Great. Let's 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 do that that old routine. So. I started thinking about, you know, like the Mexican wrestling names because what I like about them is they sound cool, but they also like mean things that uh, like often even apply to the actual wrestler. Like Mil Mascara, yeah. he's really, he really has a thousand masks or Dos Caras, like two faces just because, you know, he has he's himself and with the guy in the mask in the mask. Yeah. So I started to think like, OK, what kind of like cool sounding name? And we were discussing with the uh, with the promoter and and myself. I was trying to like think like what would describe me. And because at that time I actually tried to learn Spanish just to you know get it properly done. So yeah. I we, I started to think like okay, I'm a masked guy in Finland. My wrestling style is different. I study this different type of wrestling that the other guys do. Like these they have the more like the slam based American style where. Whereas I like, you know, the Mexican, like, hold for hold style and the British, like, just escape, escapism wrestling. Yeah. So I, started, I started looking, like, words for different. And I ended up going into, like, word eccentric. And eccentrico means eccentric one in, in Spanish. Oh, so right, I, cool. I was like, oh, that's going to, that's perfect. Even though, like, these days I'm like, that wasn't a very good name. Because just to have people spell my name correctly and, like, the... Um, with the crowd interactions, you you try to get a kid to chant eccentrico, yes, <laughs> or, or even adult person chant chanted. So there has been like, okay, that wasn't like it was obviously in my head it made perfect sense and everybody's gonna know it. It's great, but then looking back, like yeah, okay, and that's one of the reasons why you know some places call me the Finnish eagle or just super eagle or just to make it more approachable to mm-hmm. you know other like new new viewers. And like with Brian Dixon, again, he, he was kind of like the guy who pushed for the Super Eagle because he's very smart with business. He'll like, uh, like Eccentrico is not going to work where, you know, where we're going to be doing. So why don't we just change it? Like, so he, we had like a very, very brief chat because what a lot of people want, well, no, probably nobody knows because I've never, you don't, you don't realize it until I, until I say it, but with the design in my mask. Mm. started off as an eagle design so like I, I had like this eagle join and i started to like try to draw it like as like an abstract art i'm not an artist but like it, it started to become like a like 
you can kind of see like the, the in the forehead I have the diamond and then it's, mm-hmm. it's like, like like the head and it sprouts into wings. So that's kind of how Super Eagle became a thing as well. So because there's always been like the the eagle there in the design. So both both these days I don't want to turn my back to the quote unquote legacy of Eccentrico, but uh, it's it's just a name. Like it, like to me as long as I'm out there making the memories for myself and the audience. I don't care if they call me Johnny Porridge Face. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Porridge Face would be an interesting mask, but so yeah, if, anybody, if, if anybody makes a million buck pounds with this gimmick, I, I expect royalties. <laughs> Heard it here first. Broken but glorious with Porridge Face. <laughs> so, so what prompted you to move to the UK then? Uh, what made me move to the UK is around in 2014. I was sending out. I was still living in Finland, and I was sending out emails to like all the promoters. Because in Finland there was just one promotion, I was just wanted to you know expand myself and just get get as much experience and exposure as possible. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get a hold of Brian Dixon's email address from one of, one of the guys who from Finland who had been working for him for a weekend. And I sent an email to him, and he was I wasn't really expecting even a reply because I know like blasted with emails and they, they don't want to be answering to every single one. But he liked my pictures, and he was like, "Oh, if you want, we have the six week in the summer tour." And I was like, "Oh, good." Good, good God, yes, I have to be there. Like six, six weeks of touring wrestling, that's a dream. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Just basically doing the summer camp run, which to a starting wrestler who was wrestling maybe once or twice a month, that was incredible. So I got to do the summer camps in 2014, and then I just realized I can't go back to films. Like, I, I can't go back to doing just, you know, 15 shows a year or something like that when, I'm, when I could be in, in UK doing 10, 10, 12 shows a week. So... After I finished my tour, I started looking at, at flats. I started looking at like how moving worked, and I just like packed up all my stuff. And in November 2014, I just moved here with hopes of becoming a more more successful wrestler. Oh, amazing! <laughs> so, so you kind of moved in just as the kind of the Brit rest boom took off. It was that like kind of started in 2013. So, how's the business changed? The British wrestling changed from now opposed to when you first came in. I mean, with me, I, I I was super fortunate. To, like my first exposure was All Star Wrestling, and the guys eventually took me in, and I, I was able to learn you know, like the the style of like wrestling wrestling every week. Mm-hmm. And but then on the corner court, it's not even a hindrance, but like I was struggling to get like my foot in the door at that side because I didn't really know anybody except for the All Stars guys. So when we had a more quieter month, but because I hadn't been to like that many other training schools or I didn't I wasn't very good at socializing or networking so I was trying to like get my foot in the door so I didn't know the right people but there has definitely been a change in a few years like it's the biggest change I I feel I hear these days is when I'm like in wrestling schools like helping people train and not like or meet like younger wrestlers yeah, because when I was starting and even to this day it was always to me I had to be in Austin to make it in in European wrestling, you had to work for all stars. And this is again nothing against the guys. Like, but like these days, the kids are like, oh, if I could just work one progress show, if I could just do one Rev Pro show, these big internet shows. Yes. Which, like, I understand the appeal of them, but for me, it was like, it's like, okay, I want to be the guy who works more, like more shows rather than just a few big ones. So there's definitely been a i think the whole wrestling change well wrestling business has changed in the past 
like every 10 years there's like a slow change of the cycle and now we were going into 20s the rest it has changed a lot with with the whole presence of social media and just the importance of making yourself relevant even if it's just by like one gif or gif or however you want to pronounce the the, the moving yeah. pictures <laughs> yeah so GIF. in like in these days it kind of like feels as a wrestler it's like it's not as much like who you know or what you know it's more about who you know that you have to go to the promoters and you have to make yourself noticeable like okay i know this guy and could you could you help me this guy whereas when i started in in england it was more of a, okay you're an all-stars guy so we know we can trust you so if, if we'll bring you on you know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll know we, we'll have a safe investment yeah definitely so for the listeners that have events with all star show what should the fans expect from an event definitely you're going to get your money's worth it's yeah even if you've never watched wrestling or if you if, even if you watch wrestling 18 hours a day in between sleeps you will enjoy it. like it is to me it's like the whole package in the sense that it's the large larger than life big time wrestling experience as a blur from a post to sound like People on, who are wrestling on the card, they know the job in and out. They know how to read an audience. They know how to do uh, like make everything matter. They know how to if if the crowd wants certain certain things, they know how to sense. They they know how to manipulate the crowd and sense. Like even from the first match, again, I'll mention Tony Spitfire and Ringo Ryan because they are absolutely phenomenal wrestlers. Yeah, they definitely. like if somebody like a quote unquote wrestling reporter or somebody would look at the picture like okay these guys are just he's wearing a union jack and he just has a red single don they must be like they, they can't be that great but even from this like it's not just from bell to bell it's from curtain to curtain as soon as they walk out the like the crowd is into it like the music just the the natural charisma on the locker room is just something i don't know you can teach you can learn but the, like the natural personality is there as well like you don't even see that much in certain places which is kind of like weird because for me like it's all about the crowd interactions i when i Definitely. watch wrestling you i i've learned i'd more look at the audience a bit more than the actual wrestling like the crowd is actually invested and there's like people who are like wrestling fans there's small kids with families there's all all people who's been coming to the shows for 20 years and it's like i said it's like it's a full show you, you get to see like a guys with natural charisma Guys with completely solid wrestling in a sense that you can't pick it up. Okay, this was wrong. This was wrong. This was wrong. Like I didn't like this one. Like it is a like it's very the mentality in in uh, all stars is if you can't do something well, don't do it. Yeah. And, and these guys are on the road at 200 days days a year, 200 shows shows a year, and that experience shows. And they have the knowledge and experience from like with all stars you'll have a poster you'll see the show but it's not going to be advertised okay this match is going to happen this match is going to happen this match is going to happen chances no. are when i or whoever walks through that door or curtain the crowd will have no idea who i am they don't even know my name until the announcer tells them so it's my job to make them care about me in that 15 20 minutes i'm out there so the guys know how to make themselves memorable and just as real persons and like the emotions there is real and just you you might not see a crazy super 1080 degree flip but no. you'll see you'll see some of the best like wrestling art in the map you'll ever see definitely <laughs> i think if you go back to your gear yeah because and 
it's hard to make a a, sec- a good second impression. So when you see you, you stand out straight away and you're that's, memorable because you're that's, gay. That's what you have to be doing. And that's that's like Brian Dixon has drilled that into our brains. From, like as soon as your music hits, it's like you don't even get your own, own music unless you're like certain people get your own music. And also, like music doesn't matter. As soon as you walk through the door, you have to look look like a star. You have to catch the others and like, okay, they, like I know why this is called also. I know why I pay all this money to see this, and that's why you have to invest in yourself. You have to make yourself larger in the life. Like, you, there's there's you know me in my big cape and, and my colorful mask. There's guys like Thun, Thunder, the monster from Midland, Gangrel, yes, uh, uh, Adam Maxter, Joel, Joel Redman, all these guys. That as soon as you know they walk through the door, it's like, okay, he's a wrestler and he's a star. So it's just that. Wow, the, the wow effect even to give, give a little shout, shout out to Paul at Spitfire, the wow. Yeah, I think I've been to five or six All Star shows over the years, and we were meant to go to the 50th anniversary show this year, last year. Even. <laughs> we had tickets for that, and it was, oh, yeah. First show I went to was yeah, early early 15, and the main event was Dino, Mark, Zach Gibson, James Mason, and Tony Spitfire versus Gangrel, Nathan Cruz. Thunder, I think his name was Cousin Jake. Yeah, and it was an over the top rope eight man tag. That that was New Brighton, yeah? Yeah. I think I could give out, like, don't quote me, I might, this might not be 100%, but this might be like a super scoop for the listeners of Broken but Glory. Yeah. I believe in that match, I was the referee. (gasps) Oh. Because I, I, th- I, I, re- I remember that, that lineup you just set there. I, I, either that or then I, it was, could have been the Liverpool Empire Theatre when I, which I mentioned earlier. But that match yeah. sounds familiar. I feel like I've been re- re- ringside blowing the whistle on that side. And I think that was also the first night I met John Kenny, the legendary. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I was the referee on that match. Cause oh, in, amazing. <laughs> in 2015, I was, like, I was still the apprentice in, in All-Stars. I'll be like I, I wasn't the greatest wrestler when I came over, so luckily I was being like I was gracious enough to be given the opportunity to referee, which I gladly took because referee when you when yeah. you referee you learn so much, and I'm pretty sure I was there in, in ringside as well. So weird. oh, brilliant! <laughs> don't go looking at pictures. Don't don't go posting any pictures over there. <laughs> I don't think we took photos of the actual show. We've got all the ones from backstage. We've got like uh, uh, Gangrel crushing. Um, well, you must have been ten at the size, fifteen. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, crushing his head. Yeah, one of the henchmen's crushing his head. And I think it was a great show. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I think every time it's we've been to New Brighton since we've been. It, it is. It is like that, that's when when you ask him what what type of a show All Stars does. That's kind of like the key thing. It's like it's entertainment for the whole family, and you want to come back. It's just it's just an it's it's a night out. It's, Nice, nice spectacle, and it's just like the kids will love it, and it's just like the the whole, like not again, and nothing against any other promotions, but like, would you want to take your kids to see the wrestling in a like working man's club with like a really low like that, that probably has mold mold in the wall growing up, or would you like to go to the like for people who don't know the Flora Pavilion on New Bryan, it's right by the beach, it's a beautiful massive Peace. theater building, and it's just even even just coming to through that door there it adds the atmosphere like okay we're in for a treat we're in for a nice big show yeah definitely i'll, I'll give i'll give a, another shout shout out here for like it's very 
like first class wrestling related, sorry, all star wrestling related is first class wrestling. Um, I just popped into my head there when he said like, what kind of stuff can you expect? If you go on like Twitter, I'm pretty sure it's like that pink tweet, first class wrestling. There's a clip from Screwface Ahmed, Jamie Ahmed versus uh, Charlie Sterling. Easy for me to say. Why did he pick that name? Charlie (laughs) Sterling. And that's quote unquote the all star style of wrestling. But that is solid action wrestling. Like you you feel the checks. But the best thing about that clip, if you want, like what I want people to watch it, is listen. Just there's Middlesbrough Town Hall is a beautiful building and it seats probably like 500 people. That was like one of the last shows I did before the lockdown happened in 2020. Yes. That was a packed house, and I think that might have been the first match. And just from the first tackle that like Charlie Sterling hits with Screwface, the kids are just going mental. They're just going like the the raw emotion there is just something you can't fake. It's like that's something you'll just be able to when you come to first class wrestling or all star wrestling, just lose yourself in the emotion. Just don't come with it like like okay I wanna sit and judge. Just there might be like a dad who's like okay like trying to act, act big man for the wife and the yeah. kids. And, you know when <laughs> when somebody like Joel Redman walks in he might feel a little bit in skier. He might want to scoff and like oh he's you know that's all just baby oil and pan. Mm-hmm. But then later on you'll see the same dad go yeah go on kick his head in. Yeah, and that's definitely. beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I've been, I've been, yeah, as I say, I've been with Joel when he was 10. He still enjoys it now. He's a teenager. I've talked to my youngest. He's five now. He, but he's loved it throughout the whole thing. We've been like it. My in-laws have come with us once or twice. And yeah, my girlfriends. Yeah, we've been, okay, we go every time. Yeah, with the whole family loves it. Bring, bring that, that, that's like very important to me is like bring the whole family. It is, it is a great night of family entertainment. And that's again, not like, I, I hate trying to sound like one of those, like, you know, back in my day, in the old glory days. I don't hate on anything that, like, and I, what, one thing I like about wrestling or love about wrestling, there's so many different types. There's pretty much wrestling for everybody who just wants to be entertained. But what I love about All Stars, it is just, it is a whole experience, a whole family affair. Whereas you go into some other shows, it's like made by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. Fans. It's a mm. cool niche audience. It's cool have your own underground group, but it's just like there's always a certain limit that you can reach with that kind of stuff. But if you can just go have that mainstream appeal, like when you go to somewhere, when we go with All Star somewhere like Gravesend, right in the town center, there's a massive banner there, and like, okay, this is the wrestling is coming. To, it's like you know the circus coming to town, like this huge show, and like all these massive colorful characters there, and it's just nice to have that approachableness which is what you also learn in all stars when you do like the camp shows when mm-hmm. you have a room full of people who are not wrestling fans they're just here for the free camp entertainment and they just you know you have to get them to care about you oh, excuse me so you have to get them to care about you and to be able to do that is what like some, someone like james mason who's been doing for 25 years he is the leonardo da vinci of wrestling that's just that's an yeah, art. Definitely. Yeah. that is an art <laughs> for me to get a grumpy dad who's been sunburned because he passed out drunk in front of the caravan and he had to bring the kids <laughs> over because the kids want a phone finger and he can get that that grumpy dad angry about his hairline to care about himself care yeah. about James Mason care about the match that to me is the emotion that I, I think wrestling needs thrives on and is all about 
I remember an opening match, and it was, oh, it was Gabriel Kidd and Spider-Man in a tag team match, and they came out to gambling style. They just had Spider-Man doing gambling style for like five minutes at the beginning, before the, the match even started. I can't remember who the heels were, but yeah, <laughs> by the time the heels came out, everyone just loved Spider-Man and Gabriel Kidd. <laughs> That's that like the like with the the like it's it's a uh, memory stick these days it used to be a CD but like there's like a list of all the songs because all stars get so many wrestlers to have their all their own song would be it would be just a waste waste of energy so it, it's yeah. always kind of funny to uh, it's like you don't know what, what unless, like Dino always has his song. James Mason always has his song and certain people always have the song but for like us quote-unquote minor players who are not in the main events, you, you, you might get a like, nice little surprise. And that actually reminded me of a quite funny story. It, I was start, kind of starting there in Austin at the time. I was refereeing. We were in Minehead Butlins mm-hmm. in the uh, in the Sky Dome, Sky, Skyline, sorry. And there's like 2,000 people watch because uh, we're right in the center of that. We, we are the day's big show. And it, the setup is great. Like There's a stage. There's like a walkway. There's a sea of people. And the MC, the, the Butler's red coat, gives like a massive, like great introduction. Like this guy coming out, he's the baddest man. He's he's a beast. Like Fabian Eichner from NXT, who is an, a, yeah. like he, just the physical look of him because he is not human. The way the way he moves and the way he's built, he's not human. So the guy gives him a massive okay, and here he comes, Fabian Eichner. And there was a mix-up in the music, and he came up with Power Rangers. <laughs> So all that huge build-up, and then go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs> and it's just like, this is like what I like. This is why we're on the road, because this is going to be a funny story. We're going to be able to laugh about it afterwards. That's but amazing. he didn't stop him. Like, he, he's like, okay, this is my song. I'm going to be the Power Ranger. I'm going to I'm gonna be the meanest, baddest Power Ranger is. And he got the job done. And that, that's why he got signed. And he's just, he, he did a great job with it. Yeah, I, I have been to a show before where all the faces came out to the Gladiator theme. <laughs> all the baddies came out to some generic metal song. <laughs> they, kept, they came out because they were team. Yeah, I think that was for the uh, for the eight man t- over the top of taxi match. There's like the parade. Like they, sometimes they do, we do like this thing called a parade when mm-hmm. where there's like a knockout championship tournament when every single wrestler in the tournament, like the eight people or four people in the tournament, they come out. With, I think it's like from Thor or something. It's like this very powerful like march music and like like it's epic and then everybody comes out they've got like their jackets on like the sparkling and even the flags like it's it's funny because when i when i started to wrestle for all stars everybody like you have to go out with the flag i i'm excused these days because i've got the big cape and brian says like, okay, you the flag because wave a flag when you're wearing those shoulder pads but you would like nowadays you almost feel naked without the flag because the flag is such a great visual as well like you would never like you wouldn't even think about it no as a, as a, you know, oh, my outfit's going to include, I'm going to come out wave, waving a flag, but just having that visual there, like in, in New Brighton Pavilion, when the lights are on and the music and there's all the guys standing in a row and they're all fancy gears and great outfits and then they're waving their own flags and it's a flair of like, you know, internationalism as well. It's just because, you know, there's guys from England, America and Germany and all, all over the place. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't All Star, it was another show, I can't remember who, what the promotion was, but I'm sure. Yeah, all the faces came out to the gladiator theme, and all the all the all the bodies came out to some terrible metal song. I'm guessing it's either Foyer Fight by Rammstein or I Will Be Heard by Hatebreed. Those are like some of the, yeah, the usual, <laughs> the, the the 
the non-UK team music. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think it's listed as like bad guy one, bad guy two is in the in the, in the song list. <laughs> so I'm guessing um, through lockdown, you've had those time to rest your body and evaluate what's kind of worked, what hasn't worked over the, the last few years. Are you going to make little tweaks to your character, see move set when we return? Or? Yeah, well, yes and no, in, in a sense that, like, for me, the lockdown has been a blessing in disguise because, like, in early 2019, I did tour an ACL. Oh, Technique, but I kept wrestling because I didn't even go to the doctors, so I just kept taping it up and wearing a brace. So I had to change my wrestling style like spring of 2019 to spring 2020 when I was wrestling without without ligament in my knee. So now uh, that I've, yeah. over the lockdown, I've been able to have a surgery. So yes, I will be changing my, my wrestling style because I'll be actually be able to do a drop kick and run the ropes again. <laughs> because wow. I had to like change my wrestling style to because my knee kept giving out even though I never. Now it's like, ah, it's just, it's just tired, it's just tired. So now that I've been able to fix myself, I'll be able to move a lot more and do have more confidence in my own body again. So I'll be able to wrestle more in the style that I like to wrestle in, and then I feel like I I excel better at instead of having to just protect myself and protect my body. So definitely, there's going to be a change, and I've I've decided that since you know I'm I'm getting on in age in in age, and I'm. I'm that tall that I'm trying to like beef up a little bit, just become like a quote unquote a heavyweight high flying in a sense of just having a bit more like an old school like flair to it. I've I've never mm-hmm. been one one much moonsaults. I can't I can't backflip even even if you gave me a trampoline, but <laughs> just to have like a little bit more oomph to my my attacks so, so to speak. So there's definitely been certain like things about thinking about okay I'll probably start doing this. I could do this. But the main thing that has happened to me over in the lockdown, because this is my second time I've had to take time off for injury, because I had the same same injury on my other knee about almost 10 years ago. Ooh. And having that time off is actually very good because you'll be able to step back and see the bigger picture. And th- there's always been like a small evolution there. And I feel like in the past, well, it's nearly been a month since, uh, a year, sorry, since the lockdown started, I feel like I've matured a lot. I feel like I've just, I've worked on myself quite a lot with like physically in the physiotherapy and trying to get into shape, but also like in the mental health health department, just worked on my psyche and all this. And I feel like I've become a lot more calmer, in, in, not in a sense that I don't care, but I don't get because I used to put a lot of pressure on myself. I'm quite a bit of a perfectionist and like I, I have to do everything. Correct. I've never had a wrestling match that I like, like my own matches. I'm very critical oh, wow. of myself. I, I always see like, okay, this could have been better. 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 Oh, I should have done this. But now I've kind of like learned to like not become like complacent, but it's just, okay, I don't have to stress, stress that much. There's still things I need to improve on. But at the same time, I've been doing this for quite a while and I've got very like respectable colleagues saying like, okay, Ben, you can, you can do the job. You can, this is, you know, you don't, you don't have to beat yourself up about it. So I think that's going to be a massive change in me, just the way I will be carrying myself. So I will have more energy in the ring because I don't have to drain myself mentally of just stressing over things. Like even just things that are not worth stressing, I'll, I'll build them up in my head. But now I'll just be like, have, you know, the, like, you look at some of the cool, like, but going back to my childhood, like, when watching wrestling, to me, one, one of the coolest guys ever was Chushin Thunder Liger because he just looked like he did not have a care in the world. He did not like no dams given, and he would just caught walking as a no. cool guy, just calm and collected, and carry himself like a superstar. And I feel like this lockdown has helped me 
unlock that bit of in my brain that okay I've got the physical side down now let's work on you know the mental side of just carrying myself as the level of performer I potentially could be. This is the Ice Queen Regina Rosendahl and you are listening Broken but Glorious. So if you're a promoter for a day, promoting a show, so using wrestlers you've worked with, trained with, wrestlers are associated to you in some way. If I give you a match type, will you tell me who you've put in that match? Well, let's let's say if I was a promoter for a hair, for a day, I would invest in role game, but because I'll probably be pulling my <laughs> hair out. But yeah, let's let's go for it. Let's have some fun. Um, and I, uh, before we go any further, I want to apologize in advance. Like, I'm sorry if if I leave anybody out. And like, unfortunately, me being a promoter. I'm going to be a stingy guy. I can't afford to put everybody on. If I could, I would have a hundred-person battle royale. But you know, I can't. <laughs> if I forget anybody, just send me a message over on you know Instagram or Twitter and, and call me an idiot, and, and I'll buy you a monster energy drink or something. I'm sorry, guys and girls. Yeah. Oh yeah, a few a few guys over since we started doing this about a year ago. I've start opened the show with a twenty-man battle royal just so you get people everybody they know on the show. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, you know, like the old saying, you can either make friends or you can make money. And if I'm a promoter, I'm going to make friends. <laughs> All right, so who been your opening contest that the crowd excited? Well, I've already pretty much you know, spo- spoiled the surprise earlier on. There's, to me, there's no better opening match than Tony Spitfire and Ringo Ryan. And oh, wow, yeah. It's just like the the opening match, people might some might think, oh, opening match, I don't want to be, I, w- I want to be a star, I want to be you know, the main event, I want to be this and this. The opening match is, after the main event, is prob- even parallel to the main event, is probably the most important match in the show, because that sets the whole theme, that, sounds, that sets the tempo, that sets like the taste of the show to come. And first of all, it's also great, because you can have be the first guy in the shower, so you, so you don't have to wait around, but also, it's just, <laughs> that is, like, that sets the whole show, and if you have a bad opening match, even if the second match is great, they're going to have to work extra hard to win that crowd back. Yeah, and definitely. Ringo Ryan, Stone Spitfire, are people who are, do not get enough credit in the business. They are, they've forgotten more in two minutes of just having a nap on the couch than a lot of people will learn about the business in, in 20 years. They've been around all the best, they've worked all the best, they are the best, they just know the job in and out, and like I said earlier, excuse me, like you might think like, oh, just a guy in like Union jack- jacket and trunks, that might be, that's a bit cheesy, that's a bit, you know, but when he walks out, like you have not lived until you've seen Tony Spitfire come to the ring with, uh, I think it's Casey and the Sunshine Band live it up, just yeah, <laughs> you think about it, like you put that on pavement, this is cheesier than, than a flatbread with extra cheese, but just his natural charisma and he goes in and he just enjoys and soothes and the crowd will eat it up and it's just everybody's having a good time and he's just like okay we're, we're in for a treat now and then Ringo Ryan of course he's he's got the best snarl in the business and he's they're just solid solid workers and they do not make mistakes like you could try you could go through their matches with like frame by frame by frame you won't even find a single toe out of place and that's wow. just that sets up the whole match and the, the whole show, and it's just boom. Let, let's go. The crowd wants like they'll they'll know exactly what to do in the first match in the sense like give the crowd just enough to get them going, but we're having them want for more, and they are masters at their craft. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> About a comedy match. Comedy match. Uh, when whenever you, anybody wants to say anything funny about wrestling, I think about a guy called Flatliner. 
He's been around for ages. This he's just this big, big, big bald guy with a massive beard and piercings, and he's like yeah, massive pythons and just like he's huge bodybuilder looking type, and he's the funniest person ever in and outside <laughs> of the ring. Yeah, he's just so funny. Like you just want to be around him just to see what he does next. Like if anybody should ha- should be in like a Big Brother house or anything, it should be a Flatliner. He's just again naturally so charismatic, a, a real life character, larger than life, and just a perfect silly guy. And for to be like this, his counterpart, I'll probably have to be someone big and gnarly and nasty. I have a few in mind, but I think I'll I'll put them in in my back pocket. But uh, a guy called Colossus, I don't. He hasn't been act- very active lately, but. I've had the pleasure yeah. of sharing a ring with him in first class. And again, he's been around for ages. He's a big guy, big burly guy, and he'd be just the perfect counterpart for him. And again, both of these guys know exactly, like you tell them, okay, this is what we want from you, and they will give you everything you'd ask for. And yeah, also, like, nice guys to hang around with us. Oh, cool. <laughs> what about your women's title match? Women's title match. Uh, if it has to be a pe- of people I've been in the ring with, I've not been that many into gender matches. Does, does, does it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody you've been in the ring with, but somebody you've been on the show with or trained with, or somebody? Well, luck- luckily, I've been in the ring with these two, pe- these two, absolute like easily one of the some of the best in the world, and you can tell by where they are right now. Yeah. Kaylee Ray. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. I've, I've had the fortune of having a mixed, mixed tag match with them. And again, amazing people, like great to be around, but also just like what I liked about that match as well, because, you know, there is unfortunately like a little bit of a, not stigmatism, but like when you go into like, for instance, a camp show, or, 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 like just, a, you know, that burly old dad who's, who's angry, he had to pay seven pounds for a pint of beer. When he sees the chaos, like, okay, this is going to be a little bit, hey, hey. But when yeah. those two, when, when Kaylee and Tony are in the ring, and they whack each other, and they, the way they wrestle, that girl, that, that angry dad in the crowd is gonna feel like as masculine as a four-year-old boy. Like these, these women are tough as nails, and they know how to wrestle. And it's just like, like, not, not gender is not even regarding like overlooking the gender factor. They, they are amongst the best in the world, and, and it's great that they are in this situation where they are right now, rightfully so. I can't, I can't wait for the Kaylee Ray versus Sims. Oh, I've just got a mind blank on the Japanese wrestler's name. Um, Sakamura, Sakamura, yes. I can't wait like, for that match. I think it's soon. It's coming up. Just like I, I'm friends with like half the roster in NXT UK, but I'll have to admit that I'm not watching every episode. That yeah. like, if like if Kaylee's on, and especially like with someone like in uh, Maker's stature, I'm watching it just because like it's going to be a masterclass in solid physical wrestling. No, no food fire gimmick. You know. Just la di da da just punch her in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Something bit Irish there. I think we might, you know... I'm so, sorry, Adam Max, but this is what he said to me. <laughs> what about a hardcore extreme rules stipulation type match? Basically, who owes me money and I want to punish him. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, like, even though when I was in, growing up in the early 2000s, I, I used to watch a lot of ECW and like because of Hayabu Boos and all this. But there is an art to like hardcore, like some people call it like garbage wrestling. I that's not something that I want to be talking about because I want to put in this match Screwface Ahmed and Mickey Long from. Uh, oh wow! Simply because in North Shields, First Class Wrestling runs a show once or twice a year, 
well, ran before lockdown happened. And they had an I Quit match there. And I remember watching that through the curtain. It's like, this is like, I know these guys. They're, they're great guys. But they're able to just, these guys, whenever they link up, they just expand your mind of like the idea of what, what wrestling could be. And they like they did an I Quit match, the likes of which I'd never seen. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, Ooh, it, was it was hard hitting. But at the same time, like, it just connected to you. Oh, you've got a lot. I lost you for a sec then. Um, oh, so, oh uh, sorry about sorry about that. Technical difficulties. Please stand by. But uh, yeah, um, so you, I, you, I said was, you, you said you said you're peeping through your curtain and then you kind of cut off. Oh uh, yeah, I was peeping through the curtain of the I Quit match Mickey Long hat with uh, Screwface Armit and it just blew my mind in a way that like I didn't realize that you could do an I Quit match that way and because you would just think oh I'm just gonna hit you hit you with a uh, kendo stick or steel chair until you say I give, I quit but they yeah. put, an, put an absolute masterclass I've seen uh, both Mickey Long and Screwface have like chain matches and oh wow yeah again with first class wrestling and it's it's not like this oh this is going to be just a gore fest of like a Kill Bill movie they actually put the wrestling in an Ike wrestling match and it was just <laughs> chef kisses wow amazing <laughs> uh, a tag team title match Tag team title match. Well, there's so many great tag teams over the years, like in All Stars, like the Rockets or like Dino and Robbie Dynamite or you know the Riot Squad or Henchmen. But for if it's like like I'm pretty sure this match would make money, but I'm, this is just going to be like for my own sake as well because I know this is going to be a Kern Kern sellout, which means like everybody from the back will want to be watching this match as well. Yeah. I would, Picture it of like the Passion of the Torch match, students versus masters. On the student team, we'd have Kian the Fox Kelly and Dean, oh, yes. and Dean Olmark. And if I'm putting Dean Olmark as a student, you know the masters are going to be something incredible in wow. James Mason and Danny Boy Collins. Ooh, I like yes. that. Yeah, but both of them, like, I've had the pleasure of being in the ring with all four of them, and it's just like every time with them, like, oh my god, why, what, this is. This is what I love. This doesn't feel like work. This is just pure wrestling. And obviously, like all the, it, it, it'd probably be like the call the divorce match because when when Foxy and Dino come out, you know, you better make sure you know you remember your vows because you know <laughs> those smiles <laughs> light up that room. But also just wow. a pure technical standpoint. Danny Boy and and James are just unparalleled. And funny that you should say that because I remember. We were talking about this, like, you, you gave me, like, a little heads up about, okay, we might be doing something like this over on. We, 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 for those of you who are interested in the mechanics, we're recording on a Wednesday evening, and around Sunday, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll have a quick think about some tag matches. Uh, not tag matches, uh, uh, fantasy matches. I didn't know what, 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 like, the hardcore match caught me completely off guard. <laughs> so I, I came up with this, like, the student master match, and funnily enough, today, on Wednesday, I was on Twitter, and I saw Foxy, Kian Kelly, tweet about Danny Collins. And like, oh wow! This yeah. is my, my master. So it's like, it's like this is match is meant to happen. And if Danny Collins, like he's pretty much retired by now, but if he came back for one match, I I don't care how. Like I I want to see this match. It's like it's like John Kenny came out of retirement for one match. I have I want to see. Fox, I don't know if Foxy's ever wrestled Danny Collins. I want to see that. I want to see Dino lock up with him, with him. I want to see every time you see James Mason wrestle anybody. So this match. This would probably be 
at least for me, the main event, you know, in, in my personal appreciation of wrestling kind of way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Dean Armock versus James Mason. I don't think it was the last show I went to, possibly the one before. was simultaneously probably the greatest technical match I've watched and the funniest match I watched that year. It was just, it was brilliant. Just like, like I say, like reaction, creation, reaction. They love what they do so much and they, like they work so well. They're, they are having fun. Like the smiles in, the, in that ring is genuine. And that mm-hmm. is the crowd. And the crowd says they're having fun. And with James, because James, so he's been wrestling for 25 years plus now. He's so comfortable in the ring. So he, and he's very quick with it as well. So he might like, if somebody says something funny, Whenever you watch James wrestle, it's, you might hear like a little <laughs> just because he so, <laughs> so genuine, and that always makes me just that's to me always the highlight of James match when you hear him. Just, and the, and because Dean and James are like they're as close friends as can be, and they talk all through the, through the match, and it's not like they're talking about wrestling; they're just like trying to make each other laugh, and it's just the that is just pure wrestling joy personified. And then when you add Foxy there, who who we, like. If you say a bad thing about Foxy, there's something wrong with your personality. Like everybody loves Foxy. Yeah. And, yeah, he's a lot and of... especially like with like him being very close with James and and then like he, James will be winding Foxy up the whole match through. And then when you add Danny <laughs> Collins, who's a really nice guy as well and an amazing personality and an, and an amazing wrestler. So I would just like like if if I was a promoter and I was like, okay, I'm putting you guys on. Go out and have fun. That would be all I would tell them. And just uh, take as long as you want, take as short as you want, but every minute in that <laughs> ring is pure gold. Amazing. <laughs> then uh, an intergender match. An intergender match. Ooh, you caught me there off guard as well. Well, we had. Well, trying try uh, join a little bit of. Well, an intergender match. There was uh, a Viper from who's currently in NXT UK is. Like, she's a really nice person to be around, but she's one of those, like, I really enjoy the fact that, like, she will bash your face in as well. And she's, yes. like, really, really heart-hitting. So she has that, like, really, like, that Scottish toughness in her. And then you put her against somebody who's as physically talented, as annoyingly handsome, as <laughs> infuriatingly physically talented, and we'll tell you about it in Charlie Sterling. Yes. Because, like, you would just, please, Viper, just smack that smack off, smile off his face, and it, it would just, I, I think it would work. Yeah, that's what, that would be a great match. <laughs> and then your your main events? Well, I think we, we, if this is going to be the main event, we are going to have to cheat a little bit and do the all-star wrestling or first-class wrestling style classic eight-man over-the-top rope battle royal tag team match. Not, so not yes. a bad Eight man over the top rope tag team match. Yes. And for those of you who have never seen it, and it sounds like something like, hang on, how does that even work? It is incredible. Like it's I've been a I've yeah, been a so part of them as, as a referee. I've watched them from the side of the ring. I've been on the apron. And even though it's so simplistic, I just tipping a guy over the ring. But but because there's always just two people in the ring, there's action. There's people happen. Things happen all the time, and it's just it's exciting. Like the crowds go ballistic. Like when we did the Middlesbrough Towns Hall last last February. That when I think it was Mickey Long who dumped out Big Jim Diehard in the end, and the crowd was just erupts like there is that tension, there's that drama. That is just like a perfect like I don't even know if I'm using the word correctly, but coup de gras on a perfect being just that yeah. action and the, and the visuals. 
So for that one, I'm just basically, I'm hyping first or first thing just to give me time to think. <laughs> it's a little smoke and mirrors going on. But for, but, uh, well, we'll start off with the visual again. Big Jim Diehard, definitely on, on that team, on the side of Caden Lay, like two big burly men. But just the visual of them walking out, the crowd will just go, ooh. Because, you know, you don't want to anger these guys. They have definitely. the look of star power. And another big burly man who will scare you out of your socks in Rampage Brown, who's wow. big, big ups to him for being in, in NXT UK. But still, a great guy to be around, even though he giggles like a girl. He's probably going to be annoyed that I said that, but like he's like he's the master of like having... He's a really nice guy to be around. He's really like... he He's to, to use like, you know, the, the old-timey term of one of the boys. He's a really fun guy to be around. But when he's got his mindset on business, you know, you do not want to cross him. When you when Rampage is angry, he's going to go on a Rampage. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, for the ta- captain on this team, I would say uh, everybody's least favorite American, the person who's most famous for stealing Tony Spitfire's T-shirts, the newest NXT signee, Harlan Bravado. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is he like... He's, he's like... What did they call him in NXT? Like, was he Harlan Barrow now or... Oh, but I can't remember. Yeah. But he's just signed, and it's just like, all we can say is just, what have you been doing, WWE? You should have hired this guy five years ago. But I'm, like, if uh, there's a definition of a guy who deserves it. He he should be there, and smooth as silk, not just by his accent, but just incredible in the ring. If you've ever seen him wrestle Joe Redman or Dean Olmark, I'm pretty sure Dean might have it on his YouTube channel. Have a look at Harlan Bravada. Don't sleep on him. He's He's... Like he says, he's money, and that's you know that's a bank guarantee. And for the opposite side, I'm gonna have to start you know big big bring out the big guns, and by that mean I mean the great firepower, the great biceps, and just the great all around great guy in Robbie Dynamite. Yes. I'm so glad that he's been inactive for the past few two years or so. Honestly. The guy is, I don't even know how to describe him. He's, he's got this mind for wrestling that nobody else has. And he's just, he is the epitome of a wrestler. He's just in great shape and he just, he can just wrestle. That's all I can, it, that's not even downplaying. He is just wrestling personified. He's everything a wrestler should be. And in his team, I would put a young up and coming star who, kind of like Starlish, Charlie Sterling. I hate the fact that he's so good, he's so naturally talented, even frustratingly respectful, like he will never say a bad word about you, and he's been genuine in that way, <laughs> in the Sheik Al-Sham. Yes, great guy. He, from, uh, from Preston, like, oh my god, like, uh, when he, I think I was I was his first match in All-Stars, we did, in, actually in New Brighton Pavilion, I think it was me and James Mason against him and Big GT Justice, and the guy has like the work ethic and just the natural everything is everything about him is just so natural and the fact that he will like he's you know like you, you meet somebody and like they're like being nice to you you kind of like okay you're just like being nice for the sake of being like, I appreciate what you're saying but you know come on stop blowing smoke in me but with Shake he's genuinely like so nice guy you think that they manufacture him in a lab or something just like Yes. <laughs> Could you just please tell me to shut up once or just like show a human side, stop being so nice? And he's just amazing. <laughs> I know he's going to be a huge star, and I'm glad I've been. He's one of the go- those guys that I've only had a couple of matches with him, and I really just, I just want to, you know, do a week with him of just doing matches with him on the camps or wherever, just as much as I could wrestle him. 
And an- another one, an all-star and first-class wrist stable, when it comes to Flash, there's nobody better Flash with his physique and his, oh, see, I want to say awful smile, but, you know, an awful in a good way, just the way he comes out smiling. The, the girls love him. The, the kids want to grow up to be about like him, and the dads think that, you know, he could, they could look like them if they picked up Dumbo. Joel Redman, the uh, oh, well, former yeah, All-Star yeah. Wrestling Champion, is just, again, what can, what can we say that, you know, he, his work speaks for him. Go to his Instagram and see those clips he did when he was in All Japan Pro Wrestling. The guy, for his size and his look and his physique, should not be that smooth, but he... He looks the part that, like he, he he looks like Lex Luger, but he wrestles like Ricky Steamboat. Yes, definitely. <laughs> a, a, a British Ricky Steamboat. He's just so smooth, and he's a student of the game, and he loves like just the, he just loves wrestling. And the thing about him as well is it's almost intimidating being in the ring with him because he will push you to a level that you've never been to before. He's that good that he will like you, you, he will not come down to your level. He will elevate you to a level you didn't know you had in you. And that is just, well, you know, a true professional wrestler is, it just elevate, elevates other. And he's just, I said Lex Luger earlier, Joe Redman is a total package. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he's and nice. to be, you know, this is already like we've got Harlem Bravado, Rampage Brown, Big Jim Dyer, and Caden Lave as probably Dynamite, The Sheik, and Joe Redman. And who can we add to that list? None other than, you know, a bit an all-star staple, you know, get some quote unquote this top match needs a little bit more star power. Let's give him a little bit more blood power in Gangrel. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, yes. Yes. <laughs> like you, they tried to make Gangrel like be like when he goes against Joel Redman, you'd think like you know, they were perfect together, but like you wanna just cheer for Gang. He's so cool and he's mm-hmm. uh, like you'd think that the guy who's done as much as he has and you know, I'm not, not I'm not saying he's an old man, but you know, he's been around for you know, he's probably been wrestling longer than I've been alive. So just by unless he actually is a real vampire and immortal, like you know, he's getting on with the years. So a guy his age, his size, and his experience, and his star level, and he still works harder than anybody you see, like on the card. Like he will, like if it's no matter where you are, he will put like he will put everything on the line, and he will just work so hard you, you think that he's going to roll his eyes in a, in a second like how like nobody can go at that pace for that long but somehow he manages it and it's just the visual again the entrance the music just all around you know again i, I keep saying total package i'm gonna have to like open like, <laughs> a at some point like i need more like flavorful words to tell how amazing all, all of these people are, are fallen in this card and just to be well, Gangrel, able to... Gangrel signed for WWF in 1993, so he must have been wrestling in the late 80s. So at least. when I say that, you know, he's been wrestling longer than I've been alive, that is that is actually... I'm, I'm not saying I'm born in 1993. I'm born in... <coughs> <laughs> but, yeah, again, he's got 30 years. Let's say, be modest and say he's got 30 years of experience. Yeah. And even still, like, when we're, like, walking around Liverpool before a show, like, people who might not be come to, gone to wrestling shows for 20 years, they know Gangrel. Like, mm-hmm. people in bars, it's like, oh, like, are you, like, this is going to be a weird question, but are you Gangrel? Like, he's that much of a star power that he should not be, like, he could just come in there, split, his, split some blood and do a DDT, and, you know, that that would satisfy the people. But he works harder than a trainee trying to earn his spot on the card. He, he makes, you know, us feel bad because like he because he's you say like 
he's got a six gear or he goes into another level. Gangrel has like 12 gears. Oh, he wow. Will, yeah. He will not stop. And it's incredible. And he, the funny thing about him as well, because he's so good in the ring as well. He's so smart. He knows how to work. People don't realize he's an excellent, like, hold for hold wrestler. Like, he can hold up to his own with, like, someone like Robbie Dynamite. And when, like, it's, I've, I've had the uh, pleasure of, of, like, we've been backstage in, like, Croydon, Fairfield Hall, and, mm. like, R- Ringo Ryan and Gangrel have been talking because they're great friends. And, like, oh, could you show me this move? And it's like, okay, except you could come over here. And he grabs a hold of me, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I, I was like, sorry, what happened? Did you just make gravity forget? Like, he, he would just turn you inside out, and that's just, it, it's just amazing. Like, like somebody in that, you know, that long of a career, and he can still pull out things that nobody's seen in, in the business. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> that's an amazing card. I really want to go watch that. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, like, if I wasn't the promoter there, I would be getting, to, I, I would sell popcorn, I would, you know, drive the guys, I would just, I wouldn't want to see the show now. <sighs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> But to be fair, like not, and that's not all. Like you know, Billy Mesa, whoever does the you know the shopping channel, I'll I'll give you and all the listeners a small hint. When you know lock, lockdown ends and all these shows are cover, look for your local promotions. All Star yeah. Wrestling is more than likely going to be doing shows in your area, and mm-hmm. it doesn't run that many shows up north. But there's first class wrestling. Each of these people that I've, I've listed, they have wrestled for All Stars Wrestling. They wrestle for first class wrestling. Obviously. You know, the exception of the current WWE signees, these guys and these girls would be a part of All-Stars or first-class wrestling. And that's why they call, they call it the big-time wrestling experience. Yes, definitely. I'd recommend anyone going to an All-Star show. Bring, bring the whole, whole family and then yeah. every, everybody bring the whole family and oh, No, tickets are selling fast. Check your local listings and I don't know, well, whatever, whatever, whatever it was, the promotion, promotion consideration paid for by the following. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we go do you want to promote any social media or any merch you oh uh, yeah definitely like i'm not the most active person on social media but i do check it up pretty much at least once 24 hours so uh on everything on facebook on uh twitter on instagram it's eccentrico lucha which is uh e-x-c-e-n-t-r-i-c-o-l-u-c-h-a so that's on, on all across the board. And I've got a merch store, eccentrico.bigcartel.com. Even though it's quite a bit quiet at the moment, you know, with, with the lockdown going on, there's, mm-hmm. I, I haven't felt the need to ch- start pushing, you know, new merchandise. But, you know, there's, yeah. like, there's a few T-shirts there. There's a couple of, I still have a few replica masks left. No action figures at the moment. I'm afraid I haven't been able to make that investment. But anything, you know, you Anybody w- might want to purchase, I really appreciate that. And just on social media, give me a give me a shout, give pop, give me a little little send, send me a picture of your pets, send me <laughs> send me comic book recommendations. If you got horrible tribal tattoos, send me a picture of them and I'll roast you. Uh, if you, <laughs> if you uh, go on Twitter as well, make sure you check that link on uh, First Class Wrestling. Unless I, I just have a look at that video, then. Go to Caden Lay's profile and just tweet on his wall a picture of a clown because he absolutely hates clowns and he's terrified of them. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Just uh, let send, if you send me a message, I will try my best to answer. Amazing. I'll, I'll put links to all your 
social media in the description below the interview. So I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in oh, the future. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I can't believe we just spent an hour and a half just me babbling on about wrestling and trying to be a poor market salesman. But it's been a lot of fun, and thank you very much for having me. I can't believe it's been an hour and a half. I didn't feel that long. <laughs> well, we can still go for like five more minutes. Five more minutes. <laughs> And the guys are like, okay, I've been I've been on the treadmill for an hour and a half. This podcast is too long. I want to get off now. <laughs> I'm one of those. I listen to podcasts when I'm when I'm on because I've started to jog now, so I need mm. I need something to distract me from my dying breath. Yeah, I've noticed during the lockdown, I've cut down a lot on um, listening to podcasts purely because I'm not walking as much, so I don't have to walk to work somewhere from home. So it's something I need to get try and get back into. I'm, I'm the exact opposite. Like I'm just. Like, I don't watch so much wrestling. I listen to a lot more wrestling because mm-hmm. as much as I love wrestling, I love these stories. I love I love just listening to, like, people's passions and just telling weird stories. Obviously, like, some most of the stuff I've got, you know, they shouldn't be printed or you know, I might get somebody in trouble. And like, eh. <laughs> But it's just that that's one of the things I miss from, you know, the big thing in lockdown. I Like, somebody like Dean or Michael I used to see every week, but like he was, he was my road wife. I, I spent more, more, like three days with him every week, and I haven't seen him for a year. And just being on that in that car, he just posted yeah. a picture like we've lost the beast, R.I.P. the beast, the big, the big car, oh, seven yeah. seater. And it just the, the amount of times we just spend there in the car, traveling, telling stupid stories, trying to make each other laugh, playing the Spotify game, and it's just. That's what I miss, is just the camaraderie and just telling these stories, and that's why I really appreciate you having me on and you having all these great people on the podcast. That gives me, like, a little bit of, like, that little bit of, like, okay, what's it, like, three more months before hopefully Boris Johnson leads us through the darkness and we'll be... Yes, hopefully. Again, yeah, I can't if, wait. June 22nd, if it's not happened, please don't, like, DM me anything else, but just don't tell me, like, I was wrong. Don't, don't blame me. <laughs> We're trying, okay, guys. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Keep your distance, and just be nice to each other. Let's let's get through this together.